Like sands through the black water, so are the days of our Milton. And now, another episode of City Council Melodrama Theater. I may have been mute in 2023, but I'm not in 24, and I have ears, and I have eyes, and I can see, and I can see clearly what you meant. I had COVID, so I did not know you were trying to reach me, but if I had known you were trying to reach me, Mr. Andrade, Representative Andrade, um, that, that would have certainly been important for me to know. No, but is my number I, blocked? You, you do know that your phone number's blocked. I've told you already that I blocked your phone number. I believe you're not being professional. You're taking it personal. When you do block his number, you can't even uh, communicate with him. And it's not a working relationship with council. It's not a working relationship with city staff. It's a working relationship with the mayor. And it seems like the mayor is the common denominator of all of our issues that we have. And just me as being a new elected official, that's what I see. And I'm sorry that I see that mayor, but that's what I see. And that's all I got to say. Here we go again. Somebody getting their panties in a wad because of something the mayor said. You know, it's ridiculous that you get this attitude and you've had it for the whole time that she's been mayor. You had it before she was the mayor. You didn't like her when she was the attorney and you still don't like her. So here we go again with this bull crap. And it's not a. So, um, <laughs> oh man, uh, we are, um, we are watching with great interest the happenings at the Milton city council because it, um, it never much disappoints it. Uh, well, every once in a while it's very boring. And I know that is what uh, new city manager Scott Collins wants to achieve, and I hope he wins. It would make my show less entertaining, but I do hope that he wins. So voices you heard there, Gavin Hawthorne, who's the one who said, you know, he was quiet all last year in his first year as city council member. He's not going to be quiet anymore because he sees what's going on. Mayor Heather Lindsay is at the center of all of the drama, all of the problems. It's always revolving around her. Uh, Jeff Snow was a voice you heard there as well. You heard Alex Andrade uh, and Mayor Heather Lindsay saying that she blocks Alex Andrade's phone, doesn't take his, he's the city attorney and also the state representative, not for that area, but for District 2. And of course, that was relevant because they were having this big discussion about the North Santa Rosa Utilities uh, bill, and he is the legislative delegation chair. And she had been picked as the person to liaise between the city council and the delegation but she has blocked the number of and will not talk to the primary point of contact person which alex andrade (laughs) so she was upset that they scheduled this meeting that she had asked them to schedule she was upset that scott collins was trying to make the city um offices run more efficiently and didn't properly understand the conspiracy theory that she thought was going on behind the scenes about who was making money off of this deal. And uh, she said that he, Scott Collins, is operating as basically the, you know, the lackey of the, you know, legislative delegation, not operating on behalf of city council. All three of which are pretty significant insults to the guy who's only been on the job now officially for like three days. And, um, you know, <laughs> just he says, yeah, this is um, I'm, I'm kind of. I see who you are. I see how you behave. Um, I have taken all of your emails into account, and I think I'm not going to be uh, continuing this job after the next two years. I will fulfill my contract. The The end of this email thread on December 30th on Saturday was, after reviewing your emails from Scott Collins to Mayor Lindsay, 
After reviewing your emails earlier today and some previous emails, I don't believe that our working relationship is going to be successful as a result of our, as our, at our January 18th work session, I believe it's best I notify city council I'm going to fulfill the terms of my existing contract and not seek a renewal when the contract expires. That's two years. I'm accustomed to being a working city manager and employing a teamwork approach with the full elected body. I look forward to all the work that will be accomplished in the next year and then assisting the city however I can to hire a city manager that meets your preferences. I mean, she kind of thinks she's the king of Milton, like she's a strong mayor or something. And she is really what she has as responsibilities is to run the meetings and to break tie votes. And that's really it. Now, I will say this. I think at some level she's begun to recognize maybe that this is a problem because in the whole meeting, she was much more conciliatory than I have ever heard. She apologized to Scott. Um, She even made this kind of, I mean, she she always talks for a long time when she talks, but she actually made this, what seemed like fairly heartfelt comment about how she's willing to let go of all the things that she has expected all this time, all the kind of entitlements she's taken to. I recognize that my desire to understand information and be able to answer questions that people have you know, may drive me to ask you for a lot more information in advance than you really need to give me. And I'm willing to let that go. So if there's other things that we can talk about as far as how we discuss things before meetings, I am more than happy to hear from you about how you'd like that done. Because I don't want any issue that I've created for you to interfere with your desire to do what this city needs done. We need a good city manager. We need someone who's ready to get the work done. Your leadership skills are important to me. I've been a supporter of you all along. So I've always wanted you to succeed. And if I'm a barrier to that, then I want to get out of your way. Well, except for the part where she accuses him in the emails of all of these terrible things, which were made public because they were sent by Scott to the city council. Hey, y'all need to know what's going on. We're not, this is not a secret we're going to keep. You know, this is what's happening. And of course, I have a copy of them as a result of all of that. So, Saying that is the, you know, oops, I got caught, I think, moment. But, you know, we'll see going forward. Meanwhile, Oren Smith in the public comment section. All of y'all need to work at getting along with each other and putting your dislikes away. I'm tired of going into Pensacola and having people laugh at the fact I live in Milton. I think that's understandable. They point their fingers not at an individual, at the city council is who they talk about. Y'all, that's embarrassing. I've lived here my whole life. We've lived through a lot of crap in this town. We need to start working together. That's all the people listening and hearing days of our Milton and, (laughs) you know, right? Because, man, and I can understand that'd be frustrating. Did I I get traffic yet, Jake? Let's get traffic real quick and we'll finish this this up here in a second. No, this is juicy stuff. Can we we just stick with this? We'll we'll finish it up in a second. This is Act 3. We'll be done for the day. Don't worry. Go on. Uh, Well, there's nothing like that interesting happening on the roads, and that's great. Uh, No major slowdowns or accidents to report. Uh, I am seeing on I-10 just after Pine Forest. Uh, Let's see. I'm Actually, if you're heading... Yeah, yeah. Just after Pine Forest, heading eastbound, I had to look at my map upside down. I saw down. you moving your hand like, oh, yeah. which way is that? I, I love that. Flip it in my my head here. Uh, so yeah, I headed eastbound on I ten just after Pine Forest. Looks like it's slowing down a little bit there for a couple miles, but really that's all I see around town. If you see anything slowing you down, let us know four three seven sixteen twenty. Jake Walker with traffic on the fives. Let's get back to this. Um, so <laughs> man, this is this is good stuff. And okay, not to let a moment go by without saying something that's entertaining. Sherry Chapman speaks up. Let me tell you. When you have an attorney that goes to Tallahassee, he is supporting something against the betterment of Milton. 
what she's getting at is that Alex is running. Well, he won't, it'll be Rudman who runs the bill, but he says he'll vote in favor of the bill. He's also the city attorney, which is why, and quite appropriately, Scott Collins has gotten permission from counsel to hire an outside lawyer to work on this particular issue. They've got a, cons- a, a lobbying firm that's going to work on this for the city. And it's not Alex because he would be conflicted as the city attorney to represent the city in a position that deals with him as a legislator, as a representative. So that's exactly right. And that's no fundamental problem. Okay. But Sherry Chapman is all about the conflict for Alex. And he's not wanting another attorney to go there and defend you. If you're not an attorney, if you've not been going to Tallahassee and you've not been um, working these things, you're going to be lost. I'm just telling you, thank you for that grimace that you always smirk and give. (laughs) But I'm saying that you have an attorney that is against the betterment, and he's already said he's going to support it. Yet all the constituents that showed up tonight told y'all they didn't want it. I'm just telling you, if you put me in a room with some of these folks saying the things they say, there is no way I keep a poker face. It's why I really respect the people who can, because I know I could not do it. So I cannot blame Alex for grimacing at the just... The sheer blood, whatever of it all. Um, Then uh, last bit on this is Mike Cusack, who is, uh, yes, Mayor Lindsay, okay, uh, but Mike Cusack is also always the one to kind of throw things sideways in the meeting. And uh, Casey Powell, okay, had been the one who they were going to make the the representative about this issue. Then they decided to make it Heather because Casey said let it be Heather. And now they clearly don't want to be Heather anymore, and they're going to make it back to be Casey. And Mike Cusack wants to know, Casey, are you cool with this? Casey is like the most calm, never gets upset, just unflappable. He just sits there and takes it all in and expresses a good idea when he talks. So this is pretty significant. And remember, he was the one who deferred to let Heather be the representative on all this. Mayor, can I make a comment on the motion? Casey, are you comfortable with that motion that was made? Yeah, I am comfortable with the motion that was made. I I originally felt like the mayor would be the best representative. And unfortunately, reading the information that I've read, that's the emails. I feel comfortable in being able to to handle the role that is being asked of me. And um, I wasn't disappointed. I was I was furious over the weekend, and I'm just going to leave it at that because I don't think I have anything that would be proper to be spoken public. <laughs> Jeez, like you know, some people swear all the time. You know, Casey Powell never swears. That's the equivalent of like an unlimited tirade of profanity is what he basically did for an awful lot of people so um also not to be passed over and speaking up pan mitchell i'm not gonna make excuses for the mayor but she did have covid <laughs> i mean she anyway i'm not gonna make excuses but you know but <laughs> anyway so they voted five to two they made casey powell the liaison they moved the mayor out of that role and um That is your final act for today, anyway. Time will tell whether there's more to come. Um, Yeah. Rumors of the cancellation of the series were greatly exaggerated. (laughs) Aspirational at best, I would say. 721 on News Radio 92.3. I'm Andrew McKay. Hey, if, you, um, if you're thinking about that next vehicle, if you're trying to decide where to go, what to buy, you know, where to look at, what prices, Frontier Motors, I, I really, 
strongly recommend you include Frontier Motors on your list. they got about 300 different cars, trucks, vans, SUVs, sports cars, all on the lot, all grouped by genre, okay, and or by category. And you can go compare five or six different ones. They're all going to be relatively new, you know, one, two, three years old, low miles, great condition. You'll be the second owner, typically. And the idea there is you can see them all and drive them all and touch them all right next to each other and compare side by side the way you should. Do a taste test of these cars at the buffet of good quality, almost new cars. And then you can decide what's the right one for you. It's the way Dave Ramsey recommends buying a car. It's the way I recommend buying a car. Go to Frontier, serving the Pensacola community for more than 25 years, right behind the big buffalo on Beverly Parkway. Be sure to tell them Andrew McKay says hi. Here's today's Strength for Life with your host, Pastor James C. Johnson. What should you look for in a church? Allow me to give you three things. Look for a church that exalts the Savior, a church that equips the saints, and a church that evangelizes the sinner. And by exalt the Savior, I mean a church where Christ is not just prominent, but where he's preeminent in the singing and preaching. And by equip the saints, I'm describing a place where Christians are learning the Bible and are growing in their personal walk with God. By evangelizing the sinner, I'm describing a church where the congregation is together together focused on giving the good news of the gospel to the community around them. Ladies and gentlemen, I urge you to get involved in a church with these three ingredients and you'll find yourself in a healthy church. That was James C. Johnson. He serves as the pastor of North Stone Baptist Church in Pensacola, Florida. For more Strength for Life, please visit our website, strengthforlife.church. Uh, what'd you do this time, Brad? I'm in the doghouse after my hunting trip last weekend. Yeah, I was too. I blew off our date. How'd you get out of the doghouse? Stillwater's Day and Medical Spa. I got her a gift card. It took three minutes at swmedspa.com. She booked it this Saturday. Saturday? So nine holes then? Tea time's at eight. To enjoy a hassle-free guys weekend, treat her to a gift card from Stillwater's Day and Medical Spa. Follow Stillwater's on Facebook or Instagram to enter contests and win great prizes. Or visit swmedspa.com. The City of Pensacola Parks and Recreation offers many ways to help you get out and play. Take a stroll in one of their 93 parks, rent a kayak or a paddle boat at the brand new Bayview Outdoor Pursuit Center, or participate in one of the many exciting programs happening at Play Pensacola's 11 Resource Centers. Tennis courts, pools, dance, camps, community events, and more. The only thing missing is you. For more, visit PlayPensacola.com or follow social media at PlayPCola Parks. It's time to get out and play. Here are the News Radio 923 AM 1620 contest rules. You can win one prize per household per contest in any 30 day period, unless specified by individual contest rules. All prizes on News Radio 923 AM 1620 are non transferable, non redeemable for cash, or exchangeable for any other prize. News Radio 923 AM 1620 prizes must be redeemed within a 30 day period of winning. For a complete list of rules, visit NewsRadio923.com. News Radio 92.3 gets you live programming every day from 5 a.m. until 7 p.m. on News Radio 92.3. Informative, local, dependable. When you go up to talk to a man, I don't want you to be the guy in the PG-13 movie. Everyone's really hoping makes it happen. I want you to be like the guy in the rated R movie, you know? Good morning, 725 News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. By the way, I didn't even get to, I mean, I did watch it and I did cut the clips, but I haven't even had time this morning to talk about 
the actual substantial content of that meeting about the utilities. <laughs> that took place before all of this other stuff. Oh, man. Uh, somebody texted me and said, man, I kind of hope for a writer's strike because uh, I want this to be made into a TV show. <laughs> No, you don't. Um, uh, Jake has got our traffic on the fives. Jake? It's a lot like night court in a way, kind of in a way. Um, 98 eastbound in Navarre in front of the Tops Burgers and Circle K. Uh, we have a vehicle crash with roadblock there headed eastbound. Uh, it's probably going to cause some delays this morning. I-10 eastbound after Pine Forest. We've got a major slowdown started there. I uh, don't see an accident reported, but uh, if you if anybody has eyes on that, let's, let me know what, what's happening there. 437-1620. Otherwise, around town, Highway 90 coming out of Milton and Pace is good. Highway 29 south through Cantonment, no accidents. Chase Street, Garden Street, Palafox, Gregory Street, all checking in clear. If you see anything out there slowing you down, 437-1620. I'm Jake Walker with Traffic on the Fives. Oh, my God. I just had a horrifying thought. What? This is I hate to say this out loud, but I think I can't avoid it. Is my, I don't know, enjoyment of the insanity of the Milton City Council meetings, is that the same kind of pleasure people get when they watch like real housewives and kardashians and all of this stuff that i just completely have contempt for exactly oh god stop exactly oh, oh. <laughs> i don't want to yeah. think that at all <laughs> i'm watching the bachelor only like the real life political version yeah it's more oh. like rock of love yeah. <laughs> That's right. Oh, David Wayne's in the newsroom with our headlines. David? You know, this thought occurs to me that if ever there was going to be a reality TV show about government, like little local city operations, yep, yep, yep. the city of Milton would be prime oh, for man. this. Oh, Could man. you and imagine? It's, it's funny. I never enjoyed Parks and Rec when it first came out, but having watched all these city meetings and following all this local government stuff for the last 10 years, I, I'm like... Oh, God. <laughs> it's so good. I mean, you could make a feature film movie, you, I think, about what's going on in Milton. You Maybe you could. I mean, oh, oh, I cringe to think. Anyway, go ahead, David. Sure. Our news headlines this morning, at least four militants have reportedly been killed in a drone strike on an Iranian-backed militia headquarters in Baghdad. Local authorities say at least six other people were wounded there uh, when two rockets hit the building used by the militia group. So far, no comment about this from U.S. officials. The House Oversight Committee will be getting a classified briefings on UFOs next week. The briefing comes after members uh, uh, asked for more details about UFOs, uh, including efforts to retrieve or reverse engineer crashed objects. And rapper T.I. and his wife, Tiny Harris, are accused of sexually assaulting a woman in 2005. Uh, they are emphatically and categorically denying the allegations and say the... Uh, the plaintiff had been threatening the lawsuit for several years. Mm. All right, David, thanks so much for the update. Speaking of that kind of zone, you remember the Paul Abdul story that Paul Abdul has said that Nigel Lithgow, the uh, one of the key producers of American Idol and also of uh, So You Think You Can Dance, and that um, it, both of which she was affiliated with, and, and that he you know, sexually harassed and or assaulted her, not full, I hate these words, but not rape, but like touched her, grabbed her, pushed her down, you know, kissed her aggressively in an elevator, that kind of stuff. Um, and what did I say? I said, uh, first of all, um, I couldn't figure out a reason that she would lie about this. Okay, had to file these things before the end of the year under the California uh, statute of limitations ex extension. Um, I couldn't figure out why she would lie about this. And number two, um, if it's true for her, it will have been true for other women. Like, there will be other women come forward. We now have two other lawsuits that have been filed. Uh, now, multitude of lawsuits does not prove a fact. That's correct right just because more than one but what what's the pattern you would expect you would expect that when one you know breaks a seal 
Other people will come forward just as it was with Bill Cosby. I'm not saying he's the same as Bill Cosby. No, but I'm saying that that's the same pattern we have seen over and over and over again. Um, TMZ reports uh, the, they these other women allege that uh, Nigel Lithgow openly swatted and groped their butts in the dressing rooms and uh, and other things. Okay, and other things. So that's unfortunately looks like that's uh, following the pattern. Oh, also we have a um, a brand new board game that's out. It's called um, Celebrate the Violence of January 6th. You can play a board game being the cops or the rioters. Your choice. Fox News. I'm Chris Foster. There are nearly 200 people mentioned in now unsealed documents from a 2015 lawsuit against sex trafficker Jeffrey Epstein accomplice Glenn Maxwell. Being on the list is not an indication of any wrongdoing. Perhaps the most notable name belongs to former President Bill Clinton. This from Joanna Soberg. She's one of many women who accused Epstein of abuse. Quote, Joanna testified Jeffrey told her Clinton likes them young, referring to young girls. Fox's Eric Sean, a man about to be sentenced to prison in a Nevada battery case, faces more charges after attacking the judge about to give him prison time, leaping over the defense table on the judge's bench. Hey. Oh, oh, hey. The judge was hurt, not badly. A courtroom marshal was hospitalized with a gash on his forehead and a dislocated shoulder, according to court officials. The defendant had asked for probation, not prison time, saying in court he never stops trying to do the right thing. America's listening to Fox News. Good morning. It is 7.31 at News Radio 92.3. It's a bit of a chilly morning out there. Sunshine right now, 36 degrees in Pensacola. Negotiations continuing for the new executive director of the Escambia Children's Trust. Last month, Lindsay Cannon was offered that job by the trust board. She was offered $120,000 per year. Cannon now reportedly has made a counteroffer and requested a $5,000 increase in that salary. Channel 3 talked with Dr. Rex Northrup, one of the members of the trust's personnel committee. He explains how the initial offer was calculated. That was based on several factors, such as uh, her current salary and the um, salary and uh, income that she would need on behalf of her family and also the salary that would be commensurate with what other executive directors of Children's Trust were receiving around the state. And Northrop says the committee is recommending approving Cannon's request for that pay increase. The money would come out of a budget allotment to pay moving expenses for the new executive director. And uh, Northrop says that Cannon wouldn't need the moving expenses because she already lives there or lives here. Cannon also requested that if she and the board ever have a disagreement, which requires litigation, each side would pay their own legal fees. Uh, the Children's Trust Board now will decide on Cannon's counteroffer at their next meeting, and that will be on January 10th. State prosecutors say a Milton woman is going to spend six years in prison for defrauding her employer. We get more from News Radio's Joe Ford. 48 year old Maria Williams will also be on probation for 10 years and pay over $397,000 in restitution. According to the state attorney's office, she worked as a bookkeeper for Performance Personnel Services of Pensacola from April of 2019 to December of 2021. During that time, she was able to steal funds by generating fraudulent payroll statements by using the IDs of six victims and then deposit that money into her account. With that $397,000, she paid for shopping, restaurants, land, and a 2011 Jaguar sports car. 
Joe Ford, News Radio 92.3. Thank you very much, Joe. Pensacola's mayor, D.C. Reeves, says there be, there's been a little bit of movement lately on hiring a new city attorney. So we actually are, had a little progress uh, in, in the last few weeks. Uh, just had an interview. Um, I guess what I can say is you know, we expect there to be some movement on that uh, in, the, in the coming days. That's probably the extent of what I can tell you. And there had been some criticism in recent recent weeks, mainly from a former city councilwoman, Sherry Myers, that the city had been without an attorney since Charlie Pepler resigned in March. Reeves says the process has taken longer than they would like, but he also says it's an important hire. In the interim, the city has retained the services of Beggs and Lane. Well, coming off of New Year's Eve after a teen was hospitalized after being struck by celebratory gunfire, one Palm Beach County lawmaker now hoping to get a gun bill through the legislature. Democrat State Representative Catherine Waldron has filed House Bill 259 ahead of the legislative session. That gets underway next week. Trying to close that loophole by saying just keep your bullets on your property. We're not changing any gun laws. We're just saying people uh, have a right to live on their property and feel safe and secure. And this is a way to, to do that. She says her bill would make it illegal to fire a gun on private property if the bullet leaves the area. Waldron says... It would cover celebratory gunfire and also people shooting at targets if they endanger somebody nearby but not on the property. It's 735 at News Radio 923. Let's get a look at our traffic on the fives. Jake, what are you seeing? 98 eastbound in Navarre in front of the Tops Burgers in Circle K there. Uh, vehicle crash with roadblock. Also 98 westbound in Tiger Point, uh, starting to show some slowdown headed up to the light at Avalon Garcon Point. I-10 eastbound after Pine Forest, a pretty substantial slowdown occurring there. I don't see an accident reported by FHP at the moment, but uh, definitely got some slowdown headed in that direction. Disabled vehicle at the light on Davis Highway and Olive. It says Olive Church. Uh, Andrew, um, is that Olive Church Road? Is it just just Olive? The church at Olive. Okay, okay, I got you. So a disabled vehicle there at that at that light. Uh, sorry, sorry, yeah. I was off. The, the yeah. church at Olive and Davis. Church yeah. in Olive and Davis. Okay. Marcus, Marcus Point Baptist. Or not. Yeah, Olive, now you got me thinking. I'm thinking about something else. But yes, Olive Baptist Church is right Olive there. Olive Baptist Church. Got you there. So, uh, yeah, disabled vehicle at that light there. Sorry. Uh, otherwise, around town, Highway 90 is looking good coming out of Milton through Pace. Highway 29 south through Cantonment is looking good. If you see anything out there slowing you down, always let us know. 437-1620. I'm Jake Walker with Traffic on the Fives. We are going to be seeing a nice and chilly day today. Temperatures starting off in the 30s. Highs today in the 50s with mostly sunny skies. As you go overnight tonight, we will have temperatures dropping near 41 degrees. For Friday, we are going to be seeing a 50% chance of rain in the evening. We will have a high near 65 degrees. Showers and thunderstorms continue into the nighttime. Friday night, temperatures dropping near 59 degrees. This is Brooke Richardson from the First Morning Weather Center. Thank you very much, Brooke. And 36 degrees in Pensacola, 38 in Gulf Breeze, 36 and Milton seeing some sunshine. It's News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. I'm Nicole Murray with Your Money Now. The Biden administration is providing $162 million to microchip technology to expand production of computer chips. The incentives include $90 million to improve a computer chip factory in Colorado and the remaining $72 million to expand a chip factory in Oregon. The investments will allow microchip technology to triple its domestic production and reduce its dependence on foreign factories. Novo Nordisk has announced a new research collaboration agreement with Omega Therapeutics and Celerity. 
for new treatments to help manage obesity. Omega stocks rose 90% in pre-market trading yesterday as a result. The goal is to use Omega's technology to develop an epigenomic controller that aims to use Omega's technology to develop to enhance met metabolic activity. And right now, futures are mixed. Dow Industrials were down 284 yesterday. That's your money now. You're all set with your Medicare prescriptions, Mrs. Brown. This is not just low-cost copays at Walgreens. I can actually help you set up 90-day refills if you want. This is having a partner you can trust. Get low-cost copays, 90-day refills, and delivery from your neighborhood Walgreens. This is being independent, together. Walgreens. Restrictions apply. For details, see walgreens.com pharmacy. You know what you want to do in retirement, but do you know how to get there? Tune in to What Your Money Would Say with Andrew McNair of Swan Capital, Saturdays at 1, to get answers to your retirement planning questions. Plan today so you can do all the things you've dreamt about doing in retirement. Don't miss What Your Money Would Say with Andrew McNair, Saturdays at 1. Firm offers insurance services, advisory services offered through Swan Capital, LLC. Are you hungry for news that keeps you informed, is local and dependable? Look no further than News Radio Pensacola on 92.3, 95.3, and on AM 1620. We're your trusted source for all the latest happenings in the Emerald Coast. From breaking news to in-depth reports, we've got you covered. Our team of experienced journalists brings you the stories that matter most to our community. Stay connected with local events, weather updates, and traffic reports, ensuring you're always one step ahead. We're News Radio Pensacola. Informative, local, dependable. I have ordered a complete internal investigation into the incident to review potential policy violations and Deputy Hill is placed on administrative leave effective immediately. We have an obligation to enter an intersection only when it is safe to do so. That is the bottom line. This is uh, Sheriff Chip Simmons, who, of course, is the former uh, chief of police of the city of Pensacola. Before he was with the county, he went from the police to the county uh and then he eventually went on to be you know a sheriff elected as he is right now and um he was talking about this terrible incident that happened yesterday at w street in brent where a van traveling southbound carrying a citizen not wearing a seatbelt, ran into a, a scammy county sheriff's vehicle deputy going eastbound with lights and sirens on and you know the van ran into the sheriff's vehicle uh, somewhat hurting the sheriff's deputy and killing, ejecting the man from the van. And it's awful. And the sheriff yesterday had a press conference talking about how, look, their obligation whenever they enter an intersection is to make sure the intersection is clear and safe to enter, even with the lights and sirens on. So they're investigating to see if this is a violation of policy or not. And uh, we have joining us now, we have Mike Wood. He's the public information officer for the Pensacola Police Department. Mike, welcome back to the Pensacola Morning News, sir. Good morning. Good morning. Um, obviously, I'm not going to ask you to comment on the specifics of this case. Uh, that'd be inappropriate since they're still doing the investigation. I just thought maybe it'd be worth talking for a minute about PPD's policy on chases. If that policy has changed at all in light of the um, the increase in car thefts and thefts, car thefts being used for serious crimes, which is why the sheriff told us earlier this week that they have actually 
um, increased their willingness to engage in chase pursuits of stolen vehicles for exactly that reason. So just maybe talk a little bit about um, what PPD does now and how that policy has evolved over the years. Well, it's been the same for many years now. We're not going to uh, pursue a vehicle anytime that there's a dangerous situation, such as like in the daytime, like right now, we would have to, it would have to be a very severe, a violent crime, a situation where if we didn't stop that person immediately, someone else could lose their life. Uh, but it's different uh, in the it, during the night when there's no traffic or less traffic, and this is a call that has to be made by the officer. Uh, he knows how fast he's going or the vehicle in front of him that's trying to elude him is going. He, can, he knows the road conditions, the weather conditions, and also it's a decision made by the uh, supervisor that's in charge. Yeah, so they um, – I, I still don't know in this particular case whether he was – just responding to a stolen vehicle call or whether he was actually pursuing a stolen vehicle suspect or not, but we'll find out, I'm sure, eventually. But in either case, as you say, you can't just decide to engage in a chase on your own initiative as a deputy. You have to ask for permission from, like, a lieutenant, right? Well, you can go ahead and initiate the traffic stop, and then if the vehicle flees, you get on the radio and say the vehicle is fleeing in what direction and about uh, you know, about approximate speed that they're going. And then the decision is made within a second or two whether to engage that vehicle or um, cancel the pursuit. But, but like, you know, you've been involved in pursuits, I assume. Uh, I know you've been involved in, you know, lights on, sirens on, running and having to enter intersections. I, I imagine that is a scary thing every single time precisely because you never know. It, it is, and I have been, and it's something that you've got to think about um, you know, not only the person that you're chasing and innocent people, but you've got to think about yourself and your family, and you have to decide, is this worth it or not? Because I can tell you I've been a police officer for a very long time, and I'm also a father, uh, you know, and, and if something would happen to my family because they got hit by a police car, I'm going to be very concerned, and just like anybody else would be. So these are situations that can become very dangerous. Uh, unfortunately, sometimes uh, they have to be done under certain situations. Police work is not always pretty. It gets ugly very quickly, and that's something that we try to avoid as, as, uh, as much as possible through lots of training. It's like the sheriff mentioned yesterday. They go through a ton of training on these types of scenarios, as does all law enforcement agencies. Right, absolutely right. And and I, I had the same thought. I thought, you know, well, this could have happened to my wife. I mean, then again, she always wears her seatbelt, which, was not, you know, which wasn't certainly a factor in this particular incident. But I just think of, you know, I'm a citizen just going through a green light thinking nothing of it, and then all of a sudden, you know, I mean, a cop runs a red light in front of me, even if sirens on, lights on, justified. That's still the kind of reaction you'd have as a citizen. Um, and I, you know, and I've we've had many conversations about chase policy for the city of Pensacola. And it's interesting. I'd never thought much about how daytime is more risky, precisely because people are up and about. Kids are likely to be out. Whereas on a major street like Brenton W. Uh, at night, you know, early in the morning, it's less likely that you're going to have sort of you know, strays in that sort, but you still have the risk of traffic. Um, anything has happened uh, over the last week? I don't have anything on my radar that was a big event. Anything happened from your perspective? No, we didn't. You know, over New Year's Eve, we were kind of concerned about, we're always concerned about New Year's Eve with uh, DUIs and things like that, and we didn't have an overabundance of that. And, and I think Shock Spotter only picked up between eight and ten shots, uh, no injuries involved. And 
you know, that's a that's a silly, it's a stupid thing to do is what it is, firing a gun up in the air uh, for celebratory reasons because that round has to come down somewhere and it comes down with a tremendous amount of velocity. It uh, can do a lot of damage. It can kill. Uh, you know, rounds have been seen going through the roofs of homes and ended up in bedrooms before. So uh, it's very irresponsible. But like I said, no injuries, and uh, we were we were glad to be able to say that. How did uh, how did ShotSpotter perform on New Year's Eve? Did it did it pick up a lot of stuff? Did it? It doesn't tell you when it's not telling you what it's hearing, right? Like it wouldn't tell you firecracker, firecracker, firecracker. It just doesn't report it because it's not a report that you know uh, to use the word the other way that falls within its parameters for a gunshot, right? Yeah, I need to check and see if there was any confusion between f- shots and, and fireworks. A lot of times we're not able to, to figure that out. If we didn't find any shell casings, that doesn't necessarily mean it was fireworks. So right. um, shot is a very good good system that, that usually will determine the difference between a, a fireworks, a car backfiring, and things of that nature. Very good. Let me put you on hold for just a second, Mike. We're talking to Mike Wood, the public information officer for PPD. Uh, Jake's got traffic on the fives. Okay, we're just looking at 98 eastbound in Navarre in front of the Tops Burgers in Circle K. There's a vehicle crash there with roadblock. Also, 98 westbound in Tiger Point showing slowdown heading up to the light at Avalon uh, Garson Point. Uh, 110, uh, I-10 I- eastbound after Pine Forest. There's a pretty substantial slowdown occurring there. Not sure. I'm not seeing an accident, but I definitely have a lot of slowdown there for a couple miles. And a, disa- a disabled vehicle at the light on Davis Highway and Olive at uh at olive church right or yeah okay it's olive road but olive church is also there <laughs> i will learn that today uh otherwise around town we are looking good if you see anything out there 437-1620 i'm jake walker traffic on the fives thanks so much jake uh, back to mike wood the public information officer for the uh, the pensacola police department um i was gonna just something just went straight out of my brain <laughs> i don't remember what it was now um, but i thought i had oh it was Welcome the red light camera world. it was the red light cameras uh, we're still waiting on what final authorization from city council and then we're going to have to order parts and then install parts so it's not going to be right away right no our target is 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 springtime got it okay uh, to right. get that up and running if everything goes through all right yeah right of course the city council has to authorize it before anything else can be done fair enough uh we always like to end with a a did you know or a cop myth do you have one for me this week yeah, this has to do with emergency lights on police cars. You know, why did they? Why do we pick blue? Why do we pick red? Somebody, some of them are just blue. Uh, but in Florida, it's never going to be red. In Florida, law enforcement agencies must display blue lights under Chapter 316. And, and unlike yellow and green, which are colors we always see in our surroundings, blue can easier be spotted during daylight hours. Uh, red and blue lights together are highly visible and easily distinguishable from one another. Uh, but there's also been some studies that suggest that red lights will are seen easier in bright on bright sunny days, and blue is seen and goes further at night. So, um, uh, oh, and also in Florida, there's no blue lights can be displayed anywhere on a civilian or a privately owned vehicle. Hmm. And a um, a very popular rideshare company made and handed out to their drivers a light that goes into the windshield that has their logo on it that is blue. Mm. Uh, these lights are very are illegal in Florida. And, you know, if we if, if any Uber drivers or Lyft drivers or anybody else is listening to this that has a blue light in their windshield with the logo on it, uh, if an officer sees that, that's illegal, and you can, you can be fined for that. So wow. uh, in some states it's legal, you know. Like in Arizona and uh, New Mexico, there are blue lights on tow trucks and road construction vehicles. But in Florida, blue lights are for for law enforcement only. So in Florida, blue lights are always law enforcement or an illegal Uber or or the Kmart car. No, well, I'm not. 
familiar with the Kmart car, but well, you know but they I'll have that they have that it. special. Ah, okay, I missed that one. Boy, I deserve that response. Yeah. <laughs> Crickets. <laughs> Wow, I 100% yeah. deserve that response. All right, um, Mike, <laughs> Mike Wood is the public information officer. What's that? You got me. Yeah. I, there was another term I heard earlier this morning on the show that I couldn't figure out what that was either. So I'm, it's, it's, it's going to be one of those. Oh, the, the abrosexual <laughs> for people, for people yeah, who, yeah, were, I don't. Yeah, it's um, it's, it, people, for people who weren't listening, by the way, we got the best text in on that. That's somebody who their sexual orientation fluctuates, so they go back and forth from being straight to being gay to being bi to being uh, all these different things. Apparently, that's all within the realm. And I got the best text in on that. Somebody said that um, this issue was addressed decades ago in a Mounds Almond Joy ad. Sometimes you feel like a nut, sometimes you don't. <laughs> <laughs> well... You know, fortunately for fortunately for law enforcement officers, we don't get involved in any of that stuff, and I'm glad of it. I'm also glad you do not. Mike Wood is the public information officer for PPD. Um, Mike, thank you so much, and I'm so sorry, but we'll talk to you next week. Thank you. <laughs> 750 on News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. I'm Andrew McKay. Investing in times like these can be scary if you don't have the right person at the helm of your finances. Armada Advisors will put you on the right path for success. Join Wesley Odom with Armada Advisors to find a better way to successfully invest your money and enjoy your retirement. Tune into the Pensacola Expert Panel today at 9. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 923 AM 1620. Sometimes I struggle to get to sleep. My body stopped for the day, but my mind is still running. So I take Zequil. Zequil, the world's number one sleep aid brand, has a range of non habit forming products to fit you and your family's needs. Invest in a great night's sleep for the best you tomorrow. I'm awake and ready to take on anything. Better days start with Zequil Nights. Explore our products at Zequil.com. Use as directed, keep out of reach of children. Are you a fan of all things Florida? Then the Fresh from Florida Club should be on your menu. Search and save your favorite recipes, create custom menus, and get all your cooking questions answered by me, Florida's culinary ambassador, Chef Justin, for free. It's easy to sign up, and best of all, you'll be supporting Florida's farmers, ranchers, and fishermen. Join today at FreshFromFlorida.com. A message from the Florida Department of Agriculture and Consumer Services, the Florida Association of Broadcasters, and this station. All the big national news in a conversation with Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins from 11 till 2 on News Radio 92.3. Informative, local, dependable. My name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. Stop saying that! Good morning, 752 on News Radio 923, informative local <clears throat> 13. <laughs> That's all I can say. I don't have any excuse. Uh, so worth it. Um, David Wayne is in the newsroom this morning with our headlines. David? 
Well, the State Department says they are not seeing acts of genocide in the Gaza Strip. Spokesperson Matthew Miller made those comments yesterday after South Africa launched genocide proceedings against Israel in the International Court of Justice. Former Harvard President Claudine Gay uh, saying her resignation this week could be the start of what she's calling a campaign against higher education. She said in a New York Times op-ed that uh, it was her resignation was wrenching but necessary and uh, says the campaign against her was about more than one university or leader. Uh, the House Oversight Committee getting a classified briefing on UFOs next week. The January 12th briefing coming after uh, members asked for more details about UFOs or UAPs, as they're uh, called now, uh, including efforts to retrieve or reverse engineer any crashed aircraft. All right, David, thanks so much for the update. 437-1620. I mentioned this a few minutes ago, but I didn't get into the details of it. You have a new board game out, apparently. It's called Storm the Capital. And uh, it's it's the subtitle is Insurrection in a Box. You choose to play either the rioters, insurrectionists, mob, whatever, on January 6th, or you play the cops, and you get extra points for things like stealing Pelosi's gavel and somebody's phone. I mean, there's all, like, these people are serious, and they're, the tagline on Twitter, they said, is, uh, it's announcing Storm the Capitol, the world's first board game based on the events of January 6th. Help us relive one of the funniest days in American history by playing as either side in the battle to stop the steal. The funniest days in American history? Funniest? I mean, like, I don't think of it that way. And, uh, you know, I remember the the, the old feature that Bobby used to do in the afternoons called uh, Signs of of the Apocalypse. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. 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 I just, um... Wow. Uh, just can't make some of this stuff up. Meanwhile, in Golden, uh, in uh, San Francisco, this is kind of interesting, a development, like, I think years... In the making, it surprises me that this had not been the case prior. But you know, the Golden Gate Bridge is one of the places that people most frequently go to take their own life. Right? People jump off of it relatively frequently, and like two thousand people over the last uh, nine eighty-seven years, I think it is. Anyway, um, in twenty eighteen, more than a decade ago, um, actually more than a decade ago, the city had approved a project of putting nets in to like catch people, basically. And that work began in 2018, 20-foot-wide stainless steel mesh nets, which is not going to be any fun to land on, but you won't die. You know, they say it's very dangerous. Like, you'll still probably break a leg or something. Um, 20 feet down from the bridge deck, they're not visible from cars, but anybody standing on the rail would be able to see it. The project got close, and as it got close to completion last year, the number of people who jumped dropped from an annual average of 30 to about 14. Some people doing it where the barriers were not yet installed. Some people actually jumping off the net again, like once it's amazing. Um, but a lot of people regret it as soon as they go off. Right. So that's the point. And somebody who, um, you know, injured himself seriously was one of the advocates for this. He said, I wanted to. And then as soon as I left my foot left, that's when I regretted the decision. And the point is to both deter people and also to, you know, catch them and prevent them from, you know, actually killing themselves. So that's a good news note about a horrible thing in the world. Uh, Jake's got traffic on the fives here at seven fifty six. Jake. 98 eastbound in Navarre in front of the Tops Burgers and Circle K. There's a vehicle crash with roadblock. Also, uh, 98 westbound uh, getting through Tiger Point is starting to ease up a little bit there. But once you get into proper going westbound, 
by the high school. It's going to be a little bit slow there. I-10 eastbound after Pine Forest, a really uh, substantial slowdown occurring there for at least a couple miles. And uh, we have a disabled vehicle at the light on uh, North Davis Highway and East Olive Road. Otherwise, around town, we're looking pretty good. If you see anything out there, let me know. Call or text our traffic tip line, 437-1620. This traffic report is brought to you by ECUA. ECUA Bulkway Service is now call for pickup. Call by 2 p.m. the day before your service day. Learn more at ecua.fl.gov. I'm Jake Walker with Traffic on the Fives. So this is bad. A recent survey by Intelligent.com of 800 hiring managers at companies found that 38% of them, that's just more than a third, have actively avoided hiring a recent college graduate in favor of older candidates. Because the kids coming out of college are so unemployable. Nearly half of managers surveyed said they had uh, had to fire a recent college grad, and 58%, almost two in three, say recent college graduates are simply unprepared for the workforce. They're not prepared for job interviews. They aren't dressed properly. They don't know how to communicate properly. They start an email with, hey. They don't make eye contact. And uh, this is the one that caught my attention the most. One in five employers have had a recent college graduate bring a parent to a job interview. <laughs> what? Oh, my God. <laughs> you know, um, one of those people quoted in the, uh, in the piece says, my message to mom and dad is don't do it. You're not helping them grow, and you're probably prevent- presenting a very negative image of your adult and child. I mean, if I'm a hiring you know, HR person and you show up with your mom... I mean, I'm laughing. And then, I, I mean, it's a no. It's a no. I mean, is she going to come to work with you too? And make sure you do your work? This is insane. Now, I mean, I, I understand wanting to help your kids. I understand. I do. I understand even the impulse to helicopter parenting. But uh, no. <laughs> now, at first it sounds like, one in five in, one in five job applicants shows up with that's not what it says. It says one in five employers have ever. So this is not like a very common thing, but like one percent is too common. Twenty percent of students are accustomed to receiving some kind of an accommodation for their alternate learning styles in school, like flexible attendance, eating in class, having relaxed deadlines, or not making presentations in front of groups or taking exams privately. And they turn around and think they're supposed to get those same kind of accommodations in the workplace. We, we are not doing our kids any favor if we are raising them to be incompetent as adults. Dependable traffic on the fives, weekdays on News Radio 92.3, WNRP, Golf Breeze, Milton, Pensacola.